Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, you guys. Welcome today to the Dr. Pat Show. I am not Dr. Pat. As you can see, I am Coach Peggy Wilms, and I am honored to be guest hosting for Dr. Pat today, and I am super honored the guest that I have today. She has been on the Dr. Pat show before, and she has also been on my personal radio show, Coach Couch and Coffee, so I'm ecstatic, love her, love getting to know her, so we are going to dissect all of her knowledge. We're going to bring it even, hone it in even a little bit more because it's out here. And I want to first of all say welcome, Stephanie, before I brag about you. Thank you, Peggy. So good to see you. And did you survive the holidays? I did. Obviously. <laughs> I, did you gain the average, what is it, five to 10 pounds, the average American gains? Not, not yet. I, I've actually taken on a practice of fasting this year, and that has really been helpful. Oh, that would be helpful. I went on a cruise and I made a, a bet with myself or bargained with myself. I said, girl, enjoy yourself, eat what you want, but you are not allowed to take the elevator until you depart. And so I averaged between 10 and 15,000 steps a day, but I nice. ate enough desserts to, you know, for you included. So well, what, you didn't you. Eat, <laughs> what you didn't eat fasting, I ate for you. All right, so you guys, I want to give this um, honor the introduction here for Stephanie, even though she wouldn't want me to, because she is worthy of it. So she just released a book on November 5th that actually hit number one on Amazon in her category literally overnight. Her book is called The Evolutionary Empath, A Practical Guide for Heart-Centered Consciousness, A Big Mouthful, A Big Book. It is fantastic. And I want to tell you that she is an ordained shamanic minister. She holds a bachelor's degree in applied mathematics, master's and doctorate degree, shamanic studies from Venus Rising University. Girl, this list, I'm reading it because it's, it's amazing. Here's your resume. Mesa Carrier in the Pachacuti Mesa tradition in Peru. And you studied under Don Miro Casada. Why do I always stumble with his name? And I've watched his stuff, girl. Okay, so she also spent 10 years in the Air Force, talk about, and she has been a spiritual teacher, healer, and guide for about 12 years. And then later in the show, we're going to talk about her Blue Temple, her Star Temple organization. I want you to share a little bit more about that. So without further ado, welcome, Miss Stephanie. Thank you. Happy New Year. How are you? you? Well. I'm good. <laughs> good. So I want to ask you, are you surprised about the success of your book so far? I know you've been really busy with promoting it. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Like I've I've known for a long time that I would be stepping out on a bigger stage. So of course there's what you hope happens and, and you have your feelings about things that you hope translates into success but at the same time i try not to have expectations that are going to trip me up so i'm delighted with how uh, well it's going and you know i've had a conversation with the publisher just to get a some context since this is my first book and i'm you know kind of still learning the ropes of all of it so i'm i'm just happy that people are resonating with the information and that it's meaningful and impactful for them I love it. You know, I always keep it here. You think I'm joking, but I prove it to you every single time. And I know you laugh at me and I told you I was even going to take it on my cruise and read it again. But you guys, I have this sucker. It is dog-eared, highlighted, whatever. And whether you're an empath or not, a true, truly self-identified or someone else has identified you as an empath, whether you're confused 
confused on what one is. It is a fantastic read and it is helpful for the non-empath. It's helpful for, every, it really is. So, yay, yay. Today, we're going to actually talk about two or three chapters that are kind of towards the end of the book, which I'm really, really excited about because I went on this cruise and I said, girl, you've got to get embodied. You got to figure out, you got to bring this mess together. So today, before we get started with that topic, a disembodied, pretty much epidemic that's out there, can you just give our listeners and our viewers on Facebook, because we're live, just a, I know you've said this on other shows, but what got you here? Oh my goodness. You know, um, you're not crazy. I know you yeah. said that in the book is like when right. you figured out you, we're all crazy, girl. Yes, we're all, we're all normalizing crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was a very intuitive, sensitive child. Uh, my mom said that even when I was young, before I could really carry on conversations or understand adult things, I could sense when people were having a bad day or needed uh, a hug or just, you know, like something in me just intuitively wanted to reach out to them and acknowledge their energy because I was picking up on their right. energy. And so I went to a performing arts school, like TV show fame, I danced, I sang, I acted on stage, all of this kind of stuff. And then uh, fast forward a few years and I get a math degree and go into the Air Force. So, so clearly there were a couple of major things that happened <laughs> in my childhood that caused uh, me to do a 180. One of those impactful things was my parents got divorced when I was eight. So that, you know, set up a whole slew of things in my psyche. And then um, in all the wisdom of a 13 year old, I was living with my mom at the time and I would go visit my dad and stepmom during Christmas and over the summer and, and quickly learned that visiting is not the same as living with somebody. But in all the wisdom of a 13-year-old decided that I wanted to go live with my dad and stepmom for high school, which I did. And my stepmom and I had bad karma. She was emotionally and mentally abusive. So there was just a lot of stuff that got set up. That creative, intuitive, sensitive, feminine side of me started feeling unsafe in the world. And so my masculine, to the best of his ability, came in and said, I'll save you. And right. put her in a box and put her away for safekeeping. So, so it's like you can, if you could chart it, it's like you, in, in high school, you could chart the feminine expression going down and the masculine expression going up. And by the time I was 17, I had a four-year ROTC scholarship. I was going to an engineering school to get a math degree and I was going to be an Air Force officer. Because yeah. that all made logical sense. <laughs> Yeah, so I was in for 10 years, and when it was time to get out that, um, I won't go into all the details, but basically that is what set me on my spiritual awakening in earnest, and during my spiritual awakening, it's a period of time I have described as uh, the spiritual crucible, where you're just mm -hmm. getting cooked down and cooked down and transformed into another substance, and that is when I really had to come, you know, in, as a parallel journey, was coming to terms with being an empath and recognizing my sensitivities and that it was a part of me and that there wasn't something wrong with me. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, to accept these qualities, I learned, had to learn how to manage them. Right. You know, and, and manage my energy and, and learn how to be a sensitive person in this world. That's really helpful. I know. Um, so you guys that are listening, Stephanie and I chatted a little bit before I went on this cruise and she was so sweet because she's she starts off with things like this so could I maybe give you a little um suggestion which really kind of in a masculine way would be like could you shut up and let me you know tell you what you need to do right but she's really she's really sweet and she said well maybe what you might want to work on or just explore is your feminine you know energies while you're gone and maybe see if there's any tendencies for, you know, codependency. And I'm like, oh, so of course I go into my masculine world, right? I'm like, I'm going to take the book and I'm going to read those chapters again. But it's, you guys, when you read that, it, it's, we need a balance. We need a yin yang. We need a black and a white and that beautiful balance that dances with each other. And I really resonated with your story, you know, that you just shared because same thing for me. 
You can see when that masculine comes in, the emotion gets suppressed, you get disembodied, you know, and you say, oh, here's my to-do list and I'm going to do this, this, and this. And then all this stuff happens. Yeah. You don't stay. So very exciting. We're going to talk about this special topic today, you guys. We're going to take a very quick break. We're going to come back and talk to our special guest here. So stay tuned to the Dr. Pat Show and we're going to be right back. How do you feel? Just okay? Well, how about you tune in and get ready to be more with The Healing Hour with me, Doc Martin, every third Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I'm ready for your questions, and I can't wait to help you find the answers. Every month, we'll have a new live call-in show with innovative topics and a powerful hour of healing. To learn more about me, visit DrSharonMartin.com. See you there. I'm going to be here. You won't want to miss it. Join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. Are you done being afraid to jump into the life that's waiting for you? Are you ready for a real shift? I invite you to tune in every Tuesday with me, Tracy L, on the Tracy L. Clark Show, where we will teach you how to live your extraordinary life. At 8 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio, where I will provide the tools and the steps needed to help you transcend perceived limitations and move forward with an extraordinary life. For more information, visit me at TracyLClark.com. The knowledge book currently studied in 39 countries and 15 languages around the world accelerates our evolution, takes us out of depression, offers universal truth, protects us, and makes us stronger, both spiritually and physically. So if you are interested in the knowledge book, visit usa.thenowledgebook.net and tune in to the Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasik on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Happy pre-New Year's. You're here with Stephanie Redfeather, and I'm on the Dr. Patch Show guest hosting for her. So excited and honored to be here. So if you're looking at me, I mean, we, we're we kind of both cool chicks, but we look a little bit differently, Dr. Pat and I do. So anyways, we, had, we learned a little bit about Stephanie before the break, and now we're going to dive deep into this. And I was fascinated when I actually went back into the book. You did your master's degree project on embodiment? I did. How did you pick that? Did you just like, because will you talk about this lightning bolt moment? Because today's subject, you guys, we're talking about the disembodied um, epidemic. So I don't know how we can kind of ease into this thing, but mm-hmm. I had no idea you did your your project on that. Yeah. Well, uh, the university that I went to, I loved it because it was so creative and, and open. It was not a traditional uh, format at all, which really appealed to me. And, you know, a number of years ago, I had an epiphany. I was at a ceremonial gathering. It was, I think, an equinox, maybe a solstice uh, it was out in the middle of the Flint Hills in Kansas. And so we were gathering overnight. We were going to get up early the next morning to do ceremony. And the convener of the event the night before got triggered. And we all sort of stood around awkwardly while she regressed and kind of stomped out. And we're looking at each other like, okay, now what, <laughs> what does this mean? Now what happens? So anyway, everything was okay. She came back the next morning. We're all up on the hill doing ceremony. And I just had this lightning bolt realization of what is the point of all of our spiritual practice if we can't communicate with the person standing next to us, if we can't speak our truth, if we can't clearly 
speak what it is that we need or what we're asking for. It's like being a mystic on a mountaintop serves a purpose, but living in the 3D world, we have to be able to interact with one another. And to do that, we need to be in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And so this concept of embodiment just sort of downloaded and immediately became one of the major pillars of my work. And so that whole idea was very present for me as I was working on my master's and I'm like, what better way to explore it and fully flesh out this download that I got than uh, what I created was a, a mystery school. Like you're going to, like, I'm going to let you stop there. You <laughs> I, oh, okay. Where's my coffee? Let's just sip. Do say more. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, part uh, one of the processes I went through early in my spiritual awakening is something called the priestess process. It's okay. something I now facilitate because it was so impactful and life changing for me. And a mystery school is it's conceptually a different thing than you know the traditional linear school that we're used to, where you just go, okay, we have a subject. And we have a lesson plan and we, we're going to work on these things. And by the end, you're going to know this. A mystery school, it's an initiatory process. It's where you start engaging with a topic. But the, but the mystery of it, one of my favorite definitions of a mystery is the infinitely knowable. Mm. And so you start working with this topic. You invite in the energy of it, the intelligence of it to speak with you. So it's not, it's not a didactic left brain learning environment. It is a multi-month process usually where we engage with these mysteries and let them work with us, talk to us, speak to us, initiate us. You know, it's a very much an experiential process. You just took me on a ride, a Harry Potter ride. I just hopped on a, it just feel, it's like, wow, magic. That's awesome. That's very feminine energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. See, look at me using, look at me using the language since my cruise. I'll tell you, nine days, I was thinking I got this nailed. I keep mentioning it because I've never unplugged for nine days, but I hop back into the masculine world way too quickly. I need to come do my priestess magic world with you or something. All right, so let's, you know, in the book, you said a couple of things um, that made me think that, you know, it's all fine that we've got this, you know, spiritual discoveries and whatever religion is and all of that. And everybody, you know, owns their own thing. But if we don't step into this human feet on the ground body to feel kind of the muck and the beauty and the fear, the love, the agony, all of that stuff, like what's what's the meaning and one thing that you said is the bridge between heaven and earth and spirit and i think matter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah we one of my favorite quotes is we are spiritual beings having a human experience and so i don't want to go off too much on a tangent but if you look historically at most of the spiritual and religious traditions they place emphasis on what Anadea Judith calls the liberating current. It's the upward directing flow of energy. We have, we have two currents, one moving down into the body from heaven to earth, if you will, one from earth to heaven, spirit to matter, matter to spirit. And so most of those traditions focus on, and not just focus on, but would have us believe that this upward movement, this transcendence is preferred, it's better, it's higher, it's, you know, whatever label that you want to put on it. But, but what it does is it denies half of our existence. It, it vilifies, if you will, either accidentally or on purpose, human nature human desires, the full spectrum of emotions, the full range of expression of who we are as humans. And so there's this, you know, I think this misinterpretation of these ancient texts and practices that that have us then saying that, you know, our, our emotions are base, they make us less evolved, we shouldn't feel them, and so we we want to bypass them because it's a lot easier to live in the upper chakras. It's more expansive. It feels better. It's it's more you know happy. Yes. But what that does, you know, it's like you you can keep 
uh, repeating affirmation after affirmation while the cancer continues to grow in your colon from the 40 years of anger that you haven't let yourself acknowledge or express, you know? So it's yeah. a recognition that we're both, we are spirit and we are human. We cannot, you know, place, well, at least in what, what's truth for me is that I, that there's an equal focus on both. So we tend to the middle chakra, the heart chakra and up is, I'm going to call it Mammy syndrome. Nobody will know what that means, but my grandmother, I called Mammy. She's passed. I love her to death, very close with her, but she is the one in the family that historic was like, everything's fine. It's going to be just fine. Don't worry, sweetie. And so we've always kind of joked that get real, you know, grandma, feel it. There's life, there's crap, there's, we all have things to, so those lower chakras where you get real and down and dirty and you do a really good job in the, the book, I believe, of explaining the difference between operating in the upper airy kind of place and having to get kind of down in the muck. I think you do a really good job. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, if you're familiar with the chakra system, if you're familiar with frequencies, each chakra is related to a different color on the color spectrum. Each color vibrates at a different frequency. And so quite literally, energy as it moves down, it becomes denser, it lowers in vibration. And so in our lower chakras are these heavier denser woundings, yeah. traumas, unresolved issues yeah. that if we don't address them, they will continue to lower in vibration until they manifest in the physical. Right. That's a good way to put yeah, it. As a disease or an ailment or mm -hmm. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So explain to me what embodiment means so we mm -hmm. can move into this lovely subject, which was yeah. kind of I mean, I'm, I'm going to admit it. This was kind of a new world for me. So I'm mm -hmm. sure it is for some other people. So what does embodiment yeah. mean to you? And Yeah. The, the simplest synonym for embodiment is presence. So in any given moment, if you are present mentally, physically, spiritually, energetically on all levels, you can pretty much be assured that you are embodied, that you are fully inhabiting yourself that your life force energy is flowing through your entire body, that you are grounded on this earth plane and that you are present. But it's, it's so much more than that because embodiment is really about presence over time. It's about mm -hmm. stringing together these moments of full embodiment so that it becomes more of a natural state, a way of being. And, you know, I've, I have a, an embodiment workbook that expands on the, the topics in the book that I'm uh, in January will be on my website available awesome. for purchase and download. Uh, and it's got assessments and journaling questions and all different ways to interact with it. Um, but there's, let me figure out how I want to say this. It, when we're born, we, we don't have the woundings and the traumas. We're kind of this shiny, clean slate. Mm -hmm. And it's over time, at least at this point in current human development, we're going to have woundings, intentional or not. Uh, we're going to start to amass uh, woundings, traumas, unresolved issues, abandonment, abuse, wh whatever our life experiences are. And so subconsciously, we're making this decision that the world is not safe, right. you know, or we're unlovable, or this is too much of a risk, or I shouldn't be vulnerable, or whatever. And so we energetically start to retract our roots and pull them up higher into our body. And, and that's where we begin the process, if you will, of disembodying or only being partially mm -hmm. embodied. And, you know, in this workbook, I have this phrase of, you know what how to quit i thought so i was doing fine why is embodiment even a thing why should i pay attention to this yeah to, to which i say are you really doing fine and i offer the parable of the boiling frog sorry if that's kind of morbid <laughs> but the, the idea is if you put a frog in boiling water they're going to immediately register that it's hot and they're going right. to jump out 
But if you put a frog in tepid water and slowly turn up the temperature, it's going to adjust so slowly that they're not going to notice the difference. They're not going to notice it's life-threatening and will cook to death. Until like, yeah. And so it's kind of that way with a lot of diseases and conditions where the onset is so slow that we don't really recognize the difference. And so it's similar with embodiment where, you know, maybe you don't realize how embodied you are not <laughs> because right. of the coping I, I, mechanisms that we had to install when we were young, you know, so this, this yes. disembodiment, this leaving our body as a coping mechanism, that's not a bad thing, but it can be detrimental when that becomes our, our way of operating our life. That's a really good way to put all of that. That's great. So when we come back, what I'd like to do is have you give us some examples. This really resonates. I think a lot of listeners are going to resonate is the some of the symptoms for disembodiment because that those words, those examples are there isn't one person that's going to be listening or watching that's not going to get this. So you guys are going to be right back. You're on the Dr. Pat show and we will talk to you really soon. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The power of inspiration and awakening radio with Julia Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific will take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. Right now, ask yourself, how far are you from your dream? Are you closer today than yesterday? Entrepreneur and personal coach Deborah Rothschild brings the wit and wisdom to transform you into a new dynamic you. Tune in to the Deborah Rothschild Show, developing a dynamic you. To learn more about Deborah, visit thedebrashow.com. That's the D-E-B-R-A show.com. Tune in live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. What is a brilliant culture, and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. I am Coach Peggy Wilms, and I am here with Stephanie Redfeather. We're talking about the disembodiment epidemic. I wish sometimes you guys could hear what we chat about when we're off air. We're dancing. It's fun stuff. We'll have to get a show of just outtakes someday. That's going to be so much fun. So um, let's talk about some of the symptoms. I think that that is... This so resonated with me, and I'll give you some, some examples as we go along, but let's talk to everybody about what are the symptoms, some of the symptoms that let us know that we are not 
totally embodied, living in the moment, not pretending we're fine. fine. Well, and, and the best way I think most people can relate to at least one time in their life, if not many, where they were spaced out, you know, like if just terms that most of us know what that means. I was spaced out or I wasn't fully present or I wasn't, you know, really tracking the 3D. So when, when that happens, that is, that is a, a, a way that you can access what it means to be partially disembodied. And so if you think about how you relate to the world or how good you aren't at making decisions or knowing where your body is in space, you know, so, so if you're not fully in your body, there's the physical aspect of you can be more clumsy. Some people are very accident prone or just awkward, like they don't know where their limbs are or how to move them. Mm -hmm. There can be all of the mental pieces of having trouble focusing, difficulty making decisions, difficulty uh, following through, being not being able to complete projects. There can also be more of the sort of emotional, energetic piece being depressed, feeling right. spacey or lost, uh, lack of motivation or desire, being disillusioned, feeling like an outsider. Uh, so obviously this list can point to other things as well. You know, so some people, their disembodiment is going to show up more physically, like just right. clumsy, awkward, not tracking some people it's going to show up more in oh everything's happy and fine and and it's all good and no I you know really don't want to hear anything about your uh anger or emotions or you know let's just keep this light and uh get really uncomfortable when you go to you know vulnerable places or or you know intense places so that's just you know a, a, a beginning list <laughs> Yeah, it it's so interesting because I didn't realize how it was almost like I was cut in half when I went back to this example. So in 2011, 2012, within five months, I had two very serious car accidents. Neither one of them my fault. Car was just completely demolished, the first car. And it's like, and actually I had a third car accident within that year that was just a fender bender, but it wasn't my fault either. But I did exactly what you just said. So here's this accident, this all these things going on, and it's like, nobody home. I don't see the, no commonality registering, Peggy. But I did exactly what you just said. Everything's fine. I'm going to be just. It was this bipolar, you know, this is what really happened. And then my reaction and behavior was, we can tackle this. Don't worry. Total disconnection. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and that that is a perfect word for um, kind of this insidious collective programming of this of this detachment of this split, you know, that you spoke of before, because, you know, again, this sort of spiritual religious programming that's been around for millennia that 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 highlights and and raises up all of the transcendent practices mm -hmm. and and denies all of the body practices there there's another association and it's the the masculine you know god the father in heaven is tends to be very detached and unemotional and you know that sort of thing whereas the mother the earth the, the being in your body part, that's the feminine aspect. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of stuff if we started sorting through historical right. context and messages that that's like, wow, this is has multiple right. levels of meaning and, and impact. Well, and I think especially with, like we were saying during the break, you know, I'm 70, 30 left brain, right brain, and I tend to be more masculine energy. And so when something like that happens to me or I get sick or whatever, my tendency is to, you know, you, you have to do the physical therapy. You have to take them. You have to, have to, have to. And so the massive swing of that isn't for me to sit down and go, how do you feel? Let's take some time today and have some tea. It's all just 
get to the appointments, do what you need to do, call the attorney, you know, all that stuff. So I think I really disconnected. If anybody has examples out there, I disconnected to be able to, to cope. It's fine. Right. To cope. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And not, yeah, I get it. Okay. So is that, is that kind of the, I mean, the dangers of being half embodied are, I mean, they're, well, it's, it's, it can be quantifiable and not quantifiable at the same time, because okay. it's, it's a matter of degrees, like I was talking about with the, with the frog parable or the onset of so many diseases and conditions that they come on so slowly that you can't really track the difference. It's hard to, to say, well, I'm, I'm 30% more fatigued than I was a year ago. You know, it's right. like hard to no. measure those things. But if you're, if you're not in your body, then you're then you're not fully running your life force. You're not experiencing all of yourself. And so that can show up as it's going to show up in every area of your life. So relationships, are you fully showing up in your relationships or are you only giving a part of yourself? Are you checked out? You know, do you have goals and dreams and desires and you can talk about them, but you can't bring them into form because you can't generate enough of your own life force energy in your bodies to sustain it, to see those things through to completion in the 3D. It's it's not necessarily an immediate, ah, you know, correlation. It takes some time to think about it, but what it also probably implies is you're not doing your inner work. And, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. a big fan of that and not everybody is. So, (laughs) you know, but, but doing your inner work and healing the unresolved issues and traumas and wounding gives you access to so much power, Mm -hmm. so much more ability to be in your body, to, to claim who you are, to stay grounded, to stand tall and to not be swayed. Because a lot of times, you know, if you think of, um, men's center of gravity is up higher in their body mm-hmm. you know anything that the high the center of gravity is higher it's easier to knock them off center so in a way if you think about if we take all of our life force energy and keep it all up here it's easier to go eh, and knock us off of our center so true we're not inhabiting we're not in our body we're not anchored so true you know, I was just thinking about in my profession, you know, health and wellness and working with people for 30 years. When I get them, it's so frustrating because I mean, I have a few clients that are in their teens and early 20s, and that's a dream because you can set them up with healthy goals that you can embed and say, look at your life and your generations are going to change in your family. And that's beautiful. Is that the norm? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I have to peel back the onion of generations and generations. And it's the reason I'm bringing this up is how unfortunate it is. Even I'm thinking to myself, I didn't know about meditation and taking care of yourself and motherly loving myself when I was 20 and 30 and 40. And, you know, if we would embed that as an okay thing to do, or even tell our children what it is, our conversations would be First of all, pharmaceutical medication <laughs> prescription would be way down today if our kids were doing that. But that's what I think the tough part is, is yes, the world is much more accepting of our spiritual journeys and that we can talk about it and those lovely things. But it's still tough to embed when you're 54 years old. Mm-hmm. Well, and we live in a culture that values the left brain, that values the intellect, that values the masculine principles, uh, similar to the left brain principles. And so if you look at what those sets include, the the masculine energies and the feminine energies, the masculine values and the feminine values, of course we have no idea how to slow down, how to listen to ourselves, how to engage in self-care, how to go with the natural rhythms and cycles instead of you know, forcing a square peg into a round hole, right? We, we just make it happen because those are the values. And, and I'm speaking generally, of course, right. that, that our culture has infused in us. We don't value the feminine qualities. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So when we come back, I want to talk about a couple of things. I want to talk about your concept of spiritual bypass, what that is. 
that's going to be exciting. And then let's talk about how we're going to get fully embodied and how we can take some steps to do that. That's what I'm really excited about. Okay, you guys, taking a break. Come right back. You are listening to The Dr. Pat Show. Living Lighter Radio with Jason and Patricia. We have an ecosystem approach to your life. Tune in weekly every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as we, Jason and Patricia, discuss what's truly holding you back. We offer you the tools you need to reach your goals and at the same time be living lighter. For more information about Living Lighter, visit www.livinglighter.org. Have you lost a loved one and would desperately love a sign to prove that they are okay? Here's a tip for you. Be curious, keep an open mind about everything. The proof will come from the most unlikely places. The messages promise to challenge your current beliefs and what you've been taught. Accept and appreciate all, no matter where they come from. I'm Angie Corbett Kuiper. I would love for you to share your signs from beyond on my closed Facebook page, Beyond Grief. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. I am so thrilled to be talking to all of you. We have got talk radio for all of us. Are you ready and willing and able to accept all of the abundance you can muster up in your life? Check us out at drpatshow.com, transformationtalkradio.com, transformationradio.fm. Oh, my goodness. Optimize your breast cancer screening without any radiation or pain. Effective, sensitive, and widely used thermal imaging in Europe is now available to you here in the U.S. Using state-of-the-art FDA-approved camera, Eastside's first and only breast thermography clinic is now open in Bellevue. Safe, sensitive, low cost, no referrals needed. Contact Holistique Medical Center at 425-451-0404 or on the web, drdarvish.com. Conscious Confidence Radio, a timeless wisdom with Sarah Main. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and join Sarah on an adventurous journey to the deeper level of meaning to move beyond today's world of constant change, confusion, and uncertainty beyond the shadow of fear. This hit show explores key concepts such as confidence, values, and attitude in a dynamic way. To learn more about Sarah and her work, visit sarahmain.com. If you struggle with fear and anxiety, you know how powerless and stuck these emotions can make you feel. You've tried everything, but nothing helped you overcome these blocks. Dr. Friedman Schaub, award-winning author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, created a special program which helped thousands of his clients to become healthy, happy, and confident again. Learn how to eliminate negative self-talk, let go of your emotional baggage, and replace limiting beliefs. With Dr. Friedman's accelerated program, you can break through your challenges. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show, and I am guest hosting today. Super honored. I am Coach Peggy Wilms. And I'm here with Stephanie Redfeather, and we're talking about embodiment. She has a book that was number one on Amazon in her category within one day, and it is called The Evolutionary Empath. Go get it. Go give it to anyone. Late Christmas present. Love the book. Um, So today... We're chatting about embodiment, how important it is. We've chatted a little bit about masculine, feminine energy, so important. Now we're going to talk about spiritual bypass. So first of all, what is it? What's yeah. a spiritual bypass? It, it's basically just a term for, for people who aren't ready or choose not to be fully embodied. They don't want to look at their shadow. They don't want to do their inner work. They don't want to feel those painful or difficult emotions. So it's just a lot easier. And and I just want to be really clear. I'm not saying that people who are happy or people who say everything's going to be okay are wrong or fake it, it depends on the context and, and where they're coming from with and how what they, they balance think. other parts of their life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's not all it's, inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. But there, there are some churches that are very much like you walk in and it's like, 
oh, okay, I'm only accepted here if I'm light and happy and smiley and talk about the good things in life and we're going to say affirmations and pretend everything's okay. But as soon as I cry or show anger or talk about the shadow, then it's like, okay, we don't do that here. <laughs> you know, so right. And, and it's a coping mechanism. I mean, I've been in spiritual bypass. I think that's just a, a pass through. It's sort of a stage that we all go through on our way towards embodiment, but it's just living in the upper chakras and it's really denying the, the human aspect of ourselves, the, the difficult and painful emotions and not choosing to work with the unresolved issues and just wanting to stay kind of in a happy place. Yeah. So, I mean, some of us are probably very aware that we're doing this spiritual bypass where some of us are not aware unless we're, you know, I can think of not only just myself, but several, a couple people close to me that have their, you know, nervous breakdown, air quotes, um, that not any major mental illness they're just the worker bees they're just out there you know total workaholics and cannot see anything that you've talked about any of the physical signs their body talking to them being disengaged from relationships anything and then all of a sudden the universe puts them in their bed and says guess what you're going to be sick for about six weeks this kind of just happened to you ish where you, I mean, you got over, you got run down and were sick for a little bit of time. Not that you were having a spiritual bypass, kind of went ADHD on you there. But you you had a lot of signs and symptoms that you were just getting super busy and needed to kind of focus on and get your chakras all aligned, you know. As well. Yeah, I mean, it, it happened. Um, I got a really bad sinus infection and I don't get sick very often and I don't get sinus stuff just a few days before my book launched and I got back-to-back -back illnesses, which I've never done. I was sick for seven weeks and, and I recognized that some of it was just my body having the release from the stress and intensity of the months building up to the launch of the book. But in, in talking to my spirit guides, and this may be a little weird for some listeners, but that's okay. Um, what I was told was my book launching was the completion of multiple major initiatory cycles in my life. Mm. And that it was essentially like they were taking me offline. You know, if you think of a computer, like rebooting the system, it was like, sorry, we needed to take you offline for a while so wow. that we could reboot you and prepare you for this next phase. Uh, so some people call that a health crisis where the, where the physical body just has to go down um, for the, for these sort of energetic. Yeah. I guess that's what I was trying to allude to. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Nice. Energetic. It's yeah. I like that. I like that better than it sounds so much nicer than the Western medicine of nervous breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it all depends on how you interact with that because you know, right. I have plenty of experiences and I think we all do where the universe says, sit your butt down. <laughs> and yeah. we, we don't listen you know we we don't look at what we're being offered to look at and so right. it'll it'll happen again the universe will keep giving us opportunities to look yeah how many doors yes exactly exactly okay so now i want you to take us through a few ways that we can become fully embodied bodied and become a healthy self, spiritual embodiment, all that. Give me some, yeah. give me some secret sauce tips. Yes. Uh, and, and as always, you know, I wish I could give you the 10 step process and say, here's what you do in this order. And it just, you know, inner work, consciousness work, spiritual work does not work linearly like that. Right. And so in a way that's good because I can give you multiple things to engage in and it kind of doesn't matter what order you do them in as soon as you start to engage they're interwoven and other pieces will start to you know to shift along with it but one of the biggest things is to do your inner work and and you know the this bears saying out loud that really before we even get into this conversation this has to be something that you value in in the first place if being exactly. embodied isn't important to you, if doing your inner work is not something you want to do, then mm -hmm. this is not a conversation for you, you know? But if that's meaningful to you, if 
growing as a human and a soul is meaningful to you, you know, working your way through this physical human life experience, then doing the inner work. And there's a lot of ways to do that. And, and I recommend at least some of those being somatic. You know, you cannot do your inner work just by being in your head and talking about it. Talk therapy only serves us to a certain degree, but there's a, there's a whole aspect of our body's memories, you know, yeah. especially pre-verbal that are not going to be accessible through traditional talk therapy. So whatever you're, whatever you're led to any, any way and get support, you know, for most people, this is not something you're going to be able to do on your own. It's going to be too vulnerable. Uh, you know, you may not have the tools, but you know, to embrace your shadow, to tell yourself the truth, to give yourself permission for it to look messy and to give mm -hmm. yourself permission that you're human to feel your feelings, to do the work, to really get to know who you are so that you can learn to be centered and grounded in your own self. And there are certain practices that can help you be in your body too, like dancing or yoga mm -hmm. or, you know, and depending on the type and focus of meditation, you know, meditation can serve multiple purposes uh, depending on how it's applied. So those are just a few things. That's awesome. You know, when we think about after doing that work and the shadow work and it gets kind of yucky and you try to reclaim your identity or try to claim a new identity instead of reclaiming, sometimes it feels like that, that you're creating this kind of new person. In the back of your book, you mentioned doing, you know, several different assessments or exercises. And you had shared earlier that sometimes it's not really super strategic with you when you work with a client. You're just, I mean, you are blessed and it it's your passion and you'll just be sparked or hit with something to do. But you do mention in the book, there are several different personality tests. I think you mentioned Myers-Briggs and the disc. And then you mentioned several exercises that you can do. I thought were really cool. Yeah. One of them was to make a list of those people that, you know, either parents or somebody who's been a really great role model up till you were age 16, like what were their values? How did they cope with things? What, you know, were their reactions or feelings? So, any yeah. other thoughts you'd like to share on those? Yeah, and, and the context for that is as empaths, uh, because we it is so easy for us to blend and merge with other people, it's often challenging for us to know who we really are and to get to know ourselves and to stay centered in our own sovereign throne, if you will. And so those exercises are ways of getting to know yourself. You know, a bunch of different ways that work for some and don't work for other, which is why I had a bunch. So, yeah, you know, the different the disc assessments and the Myers-Briggs, those can be fun for people that like to do it that way. Journaling, just like you said, what are the values that you grew up with, the messages that your parents said? How did you play? Who were you as a child? That, that's a big, powerful one for me, is that I can look at who I was, how I played, what was important to me, what were my favorite toys, yeah. you know, I, all of that stuff before I was clouded with the shoulds and shouldn'ts and what's appropriate for a girl and not and all of that kind exactly. of stuff. And all of that translates directly into my authentic self today. So really it's, it's whatever works for you to help you get closer and closer to your authentic expression of self. I love it. I've loved chatting with you today. You it's too. been so much fun. Can you tell everybody where they can find you and find out more about Blue Temple? Absolutely. My website is bluestartemple.org. It is the virtual space under which I do all of my work. So I've got other products that you can purchase. Um, I'm taking a hiatus from one-on-one -on -one client work to revision how I want to do that, but I'll be doing one-on-one -on -one client work, classes, video home study courses, and Yay. whatever else the universe brings. Busy girl, busy girl, 2020. Well, you guys, thank you so much. Thank you, Stephanie Redfeather. And it's been an honor filling in for Dr. Pat. So catch her back here next week. And I will talk to you guys later. <laughs>